We dealt beginning last week with Psalm 1, which is short, six verses. And we dealt with pretty much the first three. So we're going to go to a quick recap and deal with the blessed person. Now, of course, it said blessed is the man. But the Bible, when it says man, it means many times human person, male and female. So that's why we call it blessed person, because the blessings of God are up for grabs. And whether you are young or whether you're old, uh, Paul wrote to Timothy. And you know what he said to Timothy? He said, let no man despise thy youth. Because God called Timothy, and Timothy wasn't one of these guys that wore the Mr. Rogers uh, sweater. He was younger, but yet he was an empowered, God-called, Holy Ghost-filled preacher. And so Paul said, hey, take that authority that you have in God. Take the blessing. And let me tell you, the ministry is... A blessing. It is a blessing to be a preacher. It's a blessing to work for. I work for a good company. <laughs> like one man, he was on an airplane. He's like, uh, what company do you work? You know, where do you work? She go, he said, oh, well, we're an international organization. We, we build hospitals and we help the poor and we uh, help put families together. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in every country in, in the world. And the lady goes, Wow, who do you work for? He's like, it's the church. Have you heard of it? <laughs> but I'm thankful that when you work for God, you work for a company that will never go out of business. When Jesus said, he said, I must be about my father's business. Now, the world doesn't understand that, but guess what? God's business is going to continue to go on. So, verse 3. So, what we're going to do is a quick recap, if you, if you uh, would allow me to. So... Psalm 1 is really the first beatitude. You know when Jesus said, blessed is, and blessed is, it's in uh, Matthew chapter 5. But way before that, David said, blessed is. And we read, in, and most, uh, the word blessed, it, it, it means, or beatitude or blessed, it means happy. Or, but it's, a, it's, a, it's more than just like, oh, I'm happy, I got a bonus from work. This is a state of complete happiness, kind of like a deep-seated understanding and purpose of who God wants you to be, kind of like joy. Joy comes from putting the Word of God in the right place. Where's the right place for the Word of God? You ever have that little thing where you, how do you spell joy? J-O-Y. Jesus first. Well, try putting Jesus second. No. I was reading about Rosa Parks, and they used to have a divided bus in Alabama, and they kind of put this little line marker, and if you were black, you had to sit behind the line marker, and if you were in the front half, basically, right, then uh, you were white, you could sit up there. Well, she sat in the place where black people were supposed to sit. Well, the bus filled up. And so the bus driver, and it wasn't his position to do that, but in Alabama, they basically told bus drivers, you can be like cops. So he went and moved it back, and he said, you four people have to move back. So he moved the marker where black people sit and white people sit. And uh, three people got up and moved. Not Rosa Parks. You know, people don't tell you this. Rosa Parks was a Christian, okay? Uh, the civil rights movement was headed by Christians. 
Martin Luther King, they say Reverend. It wasn't just Dr. King, it was Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. So she said, I'm not moving. I'm not gonna move. And you know what? Uh, there was a, a bus boycott for like 300 some days and they hit Alabama right in the wallet, which is the way you hit people. It's like sanctions, right? And then they called that thing unconstitutional. But you know what? She didn't move from her rightful place. You know what? Jesus is not going to move from first place in our life. Jesus, get up and sit back here. I'm not moving. <laughs> Say, well, preacher, what would Jesus do? He'll get up and walk out, but he is not going to move into the second place. He's not going to go to the back of the bus. Jesus isn't. So for real joy to come in our life, we need to put Jesus in the right place. And sometimes if Jesus is uh, not allowed to sit there, we might find out that's why we're missing joy. And uh, so we put Jesus first. So Psalm 1 is like a manual for meditating on the instruction of God's word. So that we can experience what? The blessed life. Not it's, only, it's not only full of joy, but it holds hands with something else. We'll see it's full of holiness. It's full of walking God's way. So, a, a recap on verse 1. The verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man that, and we see that he walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. So, in Psalm 1, verse 1, we see what he doesn't do. <laughs> and then, in verse 2, you know, it's, an, it's a blessing when you become a Christian, you have a dedication. So that's verse 1, their dedication. The blessed person knows that being, having a blessed life is not having a heaping pile of stuff. You know, as a kid, you know, you're like, oh, look at all the toys, he's blessed. Or look at the brother with the new car, you're blessed. And you know what? It is a blessing to get a new toy whether you're a child or an adult, and the difference between men and boys is the price of their toys, okay? Toys are a blessing, but we find that the blessed person is defined by their relationship to God's word and God's will. So stuff's a blessing, but uh, in Luke chapter 12, Jesus was teaching and he said, um, he said, take heed, in verse 15, he said, Beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And then he talked about a little parable. He told a story. He said, uh, there was a ground of a rich man brought forth plentifully. So he was a farmer and he planted crops and he had a bumper crop. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns, build greater, and there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thy knees, eat, drink, and be M-E-R-R-Y, okay? <laughs> Not merry, but M-E-R-R-Y. Be happy. But God said unto him, now, don't you think God would have said, man, you're blessed. Now, there was nothing wrong with the stuff, but did you notice that I just read to you? This man didn't once mention God. He didn't thank God. 
He didn't acknowledge God. He didn't ask God. He's just like, man, I got a bunch of money. Woohoo! But here's what God said. So God stepped in. God said unto him, thou fool, not thou blessed man, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. I remember talking to a, a, a lady when I was here and we were working at the Jaguar Stadium, laying tile. I was delivering it, she and her boyfriend, I think, and I was talking about church and different things. Well, she never came to church, but not, not long later, we had a bridge, and I forget which, which was the bridge with the, the steel grates, the wow, wow, wow. Matthew's Bridge? Well, she was the one that caused that bridge to be, have the concrete poured in it. So what happened? She was driving her Jeep and lost control and went off into the, uh, into the water and died. They found her body. So preacher, what, what is your, I don't remember her name. Maybe it was Stephanie, but I remember talking to her about God. You say, well, she was blessed. Well, you know what? It doesn't count what we have down here as our, as our blessings as much as what we have laid up with God. The blessed person has a relationship with God. Now she never came to church. My hope is that she found a walk with God before she went off that bridge and met him face to face. See, a blessed person in verse one makes a choice to walk with some and not with others. And uh, the Bible said that their delight is in the law of the Lord. You know, sometimes I don't even understand the law. What God, now it's not that I don't understand it, but it's just so far apart from what I want to do. You know, you know, some people, they read the Bible and they're like, oh, boy, <laughs> that says that in there. The word of God is pretty straight. And it's written at like an eighth grade level. You can understand it. But uh, that's why the Bible says in Proverbs, <laughs> trust the Lord with all your heart and, and do what? Lean not <laughs> unto thine own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. You know, sometimes, can you imagine that, you know, and it's not blind faith, but that's, you know, sometimes God is dealing with our heart to change some things in our lives. And so someone might find out a pastor or a counselor and say, you know, I read this in the Bible, pastor, but, but what do you think? And when someone does that, what they're really trying to do sometimes is get the pastor's opinion to hope that the pastor's opinion lines up with what they already think instead of doing what the word of God says to do. And then you'll really be blessed because I don't understand everything in God's word, why he says to do it. But man, God even tells us how to give in the offering. I mean, it's in there. Say, preacher, how? The Bible said God loves a what? Cheerful giver. Man, it even tells us, I mean, breaks down our lives. Say, uh, I don't, man, there was a, there was, there was this, this mother that gave the, the child a, you know, a quarter and a $10 bill. And, uh, and they said, pray about what you want to give. And, you know, and so later the child said, I gave the, I, gave, I prayed about it and uh, I gave the quarter. I said, why? Well, God loves a cheerful giver and that made me cheerful to give the quarter and keep the $10 bill. You know, some people are like that, right? But they're delight. So they have a dedication, there's a dedication to God. And there is, in verse 2, this is still the recap, a delight. Why? Because our dedication comes from our delight. 
And really, your delight will run your life. And the Bible says that being a Christian is becoming a new creature. And it's getting a new set of desires. I mean, there's a lot of TV shows on right now. In fact, you know what TV shows are on? All of them, okay? Because you can download any TV show you want to, okay? You can even download it and watch it in church, right? But you're here in the house of God because you have a desire, a delight to God, let me hear what God's word says. I mean, I know that there's so many other things to do. There's laundry to do. There's a car to fix. There's, you know, we got to go to Walmart after church and we got to go, you know, to this place after church and my car has to get a tire uh, patched or something like that. But I want something from God. You know, that's the right attitude. The Bible says as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You know, when we begin to put our lives in God's hands and our, in our life in God's word, then blessings and our destination will change. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, and beginning in verse chapter 28 and beginning in verse 1. And it shall come to pass that if thou shalt hearken, listen diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. To observe and to do, notice, to observe and to follow all his commandments. Which I command thee this day that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee. And overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken or listen unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And then it said, Blessed shall be in the city, blessed shalt thou be in the field, blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle. And it keeps going on. Blessings, blessings, blessings. You know, when you follow God, blessings follow you. Isn't that what David said? He said in Psalm 23, he said, I got two Christian bodyguards following me he said surely the first one's name is goodness and the second one's name is mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever now the first thing is the destination the first verse tells us what the blessed person does not do. The second verse tells us why their delight is in the law of the Lord. The third verse tells us the results, the destination, the result of following God's word. I remember my wife and I were uh, walking, I think, our child to school because there's no bus system. And uh, I remember after they had seen us a few times, they looked at us and one of the other parents said, what do you do? I mean, what they were saying is, are you independently wealthy that you can just take both parents can take their child to school? And I was, I was thinking, man, it's amazing. God does bless. They didn't know that we only have one car and we live in an apartment. But you know what? As a Christian, you can live a blessed life. It was more than that that we probably looked happy. And they're like, man, what do these people have? Do they have a million dollars in the bank? I do. In heaven's bank, okay? The Bible said, and my God shall supply all your need according to his, not Swiss bank accounts, but their glory bank accounts. I've got more money than that on the street in front of my house up there, okay? It's made out of gold. I don't know if they let you cut it up and sell it, but, but uh, there's plenty of money up there. I don't have a million dollars down here. Not even close, okay? But people don't see that. What they see is they look at our life and they're like, don't understand you. And maybe they looked at our car and said it's not very nice, but what do you do? And I like that when people say, wow, what they're saying is 
you're blessed. And you know what? It is a blessing. We count it a blessing. Thank God we only have one car, so someone's got to take the kid to school. But uh, the Bible says that Christians are intentional people. We're intentional people. So let me get on to today, halfway through the Bible study. Could you turn the, the AC down just one? It's 75 up here, so 74. So when you get to the destination of being over 50, they rename the hymns, okay? And instead of, uh, it's precious Lord, take my hand and help me up. Instead of just a closer walk with thee, it's just a slower walk with thee. <laughs> Go tell it on the mountain, but speak up. <laughs> and nobody knows the trouble I have seeing. And then the last one, blessed insurance. When you're over 50, you got to change. Well, one more. It is well with my soul, but my knees hurt. (laughs) The Bible says, and he shall be or she shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Here is the destination of the blessed person that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I like that. So the first thing, it says, you're like a tree. Now, the blessings aren't, say, preacher, I don't feel blessed right now because I've got this bill and that bill. Look, we were looking for plane tickets to conference and my wife's like, ooh, 90% off. And like, buy them, $89 a a ticket. It didn't work out because they didn't fly the days that, that we wanted. But Look, I know what it's like to pinch pennies, and I know, I know all of these things. And, uh, it did, but it would have been like, what, $300 for three round-trip tickets to Washington State? I mean, man, that would have been awesome. Didn't work for us. The, the days weren't right. And you said, oh, preacher, can you be blessed and not have a lot of money? The blessing of God and the blessed person, it's not where you are. It's who you are. It's not where you are financially. It's who you are in your relationship to God. Say, preacher, how can you call yourself blessed if you can't just buy first-class tickets? Brethren, God has a way of taking care of his people. And I have a way sometimes when things are going so well to not consult God. I was talking to this preacher. He preaches another, uh, pastors another church in Jacksonville. And he said this one church member got a lot of money. And he said, I didn't see that guy in church for, you know, a long time. Sometimes when we get a lot of resources, we'll lean onto our own understanding. But you know what? I'm thankful to be in a position to always. I mean, I pray for the rent for church and I pray for the rent for the apartments and I pray for my daughter's health and I pray for this bill. But guess what? You're always praying. And you said, preacher, but you, but I'm not in debt or anything, I, 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 but But I'm thankful, and I'm thankful that I always have to look to God because I don't want to lean unto my own understanding. Because the Bible said, he shall be by a tree, like a tree, planted by the rivers of water in a well-watered garden. You know that I'm thankful that uh, God gets you a place where he puts down roots. And he put down roots to give you stability. Those roots get nourishment from where nobody else can see. That's why those people looked at my wife and I. I'm like, 
They were like, what do you do? I mean, they didn't get it. They didn't see where the blessing was coming from. It's not from the green pieces of paper with the, the pictures of long-haired dead white men. Okay, It's not that. That's not where you get your blessings. Maybe they, they were wigs. Okay, they were wigs. Man, I'm glad I didn't live back then. Powder my face and, you know, wear my high heels. And, but anyway, so Washington used to wear pink. I mean, that was, that was a color back then. It wasn't, a, it wasn't an effeminate thing. It was a guy's color. So, but we're not. Well, I guess I used to wear pink. I used to wear, like, surfer t-shirts or skater t-shirts. But anyway, so not today, not tomorrow. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. God brings forth fruit in our life. And the Bible said, uh, the second part of verse 3, whose leaf also shall not wither. And the leaf comes out. What a, a green leaf shows that the tree is getting nourishment. When the leaves get all dry and they kind of droop, it means the tree is either being eaten up by insects or it doesn't have enough water. But God said, and it's not talking about a tree, it's talking about us, that God has always found a way. And I've, how long have we been serving the Lord? How long have we been in Jacksonville? God has been, he has shown us so many times and you never know. Here's the way God is. You never know where it's going to come from. You get it from one way and then you think, oh, it's God's going to do it again that way. <laughs> God doesn't get the glory if you're like, oh, this is what God's going to do. I'm going to tell you how you're going to bless. God likes to reserve his way to bless. Okay. Uh, we were coming back from a church conference one time and, and uh, on fumes, right? Not spiritual fumes, man. We're having a good time, but uh, uh, money fumes, right? And uh, so we got the mail and I, I got the glob of mail. And I've told this before. I said, I hope there's $5,000 in there. I was not expecting $5,000, okay? These things do happen though. So anyway, my wife was opening the mail and uh, she goes, oh, something like that. Oh, look at this. Preacher, it didn't happen. It wasn't 5000 It was $8,000. How many times has that happened? Once. Okay, that was like a long time ago. But I share that to say we were not expecting. And it was from a source that I don't think they've ever given us anything before that or after that. But they had sold their house and God said, I'm just going to pay my tithe and give it to the preacher or whatever. And as a wedding gift, no taxes. <laughs> I caught the IRS. What do you get for it? Now, we had been married for like 11 years. <laughs> oh, wait, the IRS can hear me on this, right? Okay, but anyway, so. Too late now, right? You had to go back for several years. But anyway, so, but God has a way. You know what? God hasn't done it that way again. God will do it a different way. But the Bible said, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow to it. God finds a way to bless his people. God does it. I don't know how, but God does uh, bless us. And the Bible said, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Uh, we find a man... Because God gives you dreams like Joseph. And what happened with his dreams? The brothers hated him so much they sold him into slavery. <laughs> nice brothers, right? Hey, bro. Can you imagine when he was getting tied up? He's like, bro, bro, because they were all his brothers. And they're like, stop resisting, stop resisting, right? And he's, bro, what are you doing? Tying him up, throwing him in a pit. And they sold him, and the Bible said, into this house of an Egyptian. He was sold to some travelers, uh, Ishmaelites, I believe, and then he would, they sold him to an Egyptian. 
And the Bible said his master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord made all that he did to prosper. Well, the devil didn't like that. So this man Potiphar that he was the slave of, his wife uh, made advances on him. And he being a Psalms 1 kind of blessed person, he made it his mind not to be with her. And he, he stayed away. But one day he came, she came up and grabbed him and said, lie with me. I mean, there's no pretense right there. So he fled. He, he, he let her hold the jacket, right? If he had a starter jacket on, right? He ran out of the starter jacket, right? And she left hold. Well, she's holding the jacket. So she accused him of attacking her physically, right? And so he went to prison inside of the master's house. But the Bible said, but the Lord was with Joseph. And the Bible says, the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him, who? Joseph. And that which he did. Now he's in the prison, right? He's in the double prison. He's like already a servant of Potiphar. And now he's in the prison under Potiphar. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. You know that when you're with God, God, they can't stop. The devil can't stop God's blessings. It can even happen in the prison. And the keeper of the prison saw it. Remember when Paul was in the prison with Silas? Uh, uh, the, the prison, God, they were just praising God because they were blessed even though they'd been beaten and it was midnight. And, and the Bible said there was this great earthquake and all the doors started opening. And everyone's bonds, their, their shackles fell off. And... Uh, the prison guard, the prison uh, keeper came in and was going to commit suicide. But this was all a setup, not to just set Paul free, but the blessings were to reach this lost man. And he said, do yourself no harm. Look around. We're all here. And then he said, what must I do to be saved? He saw the blessing of God in Paul and Silas. You know, sometimes God takes us into a rough way. And you ever been to a rough place? You ever been to a car shop you didn't feel like spending money at or to the doctor's office? Well, I wonder if we can say, well, you know, I wonder if God's taking me there to speak to someone's life. Because maybe God has to get me here with that condition so I can speak to someone's heart who doesn't know Jesus Christ. It's a different way to think, isn't it? But God will always bring something good out of what we go through that's bad. God will set it up. The Bible says, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. See, the blessed man has a stable life. The blessed woman. It's stable in God. Now, I'm not talking about all the other waves, but it's stable in God. The ungodly might seem to have stability, but the Bible says that like, they're like chaff. So have you ever seen how they used to harvest? They would get these oxen to walk over these kernels, right? And so the wheat kernels, that would have this light chaff, which is the exterior portion of the, the wheat kernel. So after they get these, you know, they'd roll a stone over it or they'd have these oxen walk on it. They would take these, these uh, like shovels, pitchforks, and they would throw it up in the wind. And the chaff would just, it was so light it would blow away. And the heavier kernels, they would fall back down to the ground and they would gather them into the garner, okay? But the Bible says <clears throat> that one day the, the ungodly are just going to go 
and blow away. You know that sometimes I felt like my money is kind of just blown away? <laughs> you ever felt like, yeah, we're going, we got extra money, we're going out, and your car stops working, you're like, okay. So, I mean, I know that we all go through ups and downs like that. That's something that we face. But you know what? Your walk with God, you cannot be moved from your position of being blessed in God. You can still have joy at the car shop. You know, it, you know a lot of times it just gives you an opportunity to pray for another miracle. You know what? And there have been times that God has really blessed us, even in the car shop, and my faith in God has grown because of the uncomfortable position I've been put in, right? The Bible says, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Well, that's dealing with really now and in the future, right? So the destination of the godly, excuse me, is where? To stand in the congregation of the righteous down here, and to stand in the congregation of the righteous up there. It says the ungodly aren't going to do that. You know that uh, I was talking to a, a person whose life was not consistent with the Bible. We'll put it that way. And they said, well, could I come to your church and, you know, like feel comfortable? And I said, sure. I, mean, I said, you're, you're invited to come. And they're like, well, what about this? You know, and I said, well, I preach what the Bible says. And you're like, something like, well, they didn't come anyway. So, but say, preacher, what exact situation? It's not important. But you know what? The ungodly shall not stand in the congregation. They're not like, I don't want to be there if you're going to preach that way. But it's what the Bible says. And you see, because there is another congregation that I want to stand in. Not the one down here so much, but the one up there. You remember, have you ever read the last verse of Daniel? It says, but go thy way, Daniel chapter 12 and verse 13. Till the end be, for thou shalt rest, which means you're going to die. And then it says this, after he dies, and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. Huh? You mean after he dies, he's going to stand up? That's what God said to Daniel. There's going to be another time where we're standing in the congregation. Brethren, I'm looking forward to standing there. My knees won't hurt, right? But the Bible says, verse 6, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. You know, when Saul was looking for Christians to imprison, he wasn't looking for Christians. He was looking to the people of that way. They lived a certain way. They talked a certain way. They walked a certain way. And that's what early Christians were known as, the way. Because they walked, Jesus said, I am the way. And they walked like Jesus. And they stuck out. They were easy. And they wouldn't deny Jesus Christ. They were stuck on Jesus. So I'm out of time. Let me see if, man, I got more to do. But uh, I'm going to end right here. One day a teacher was talking to her first grade class about whales. Not in England, but the ones that swim. When a little girl had a question, do whales swallow people? Teacher, no. Even though they're much bigger than a person, they have throat pleats that filter their food of krill and plankton. So the little girl said, but Mrs. Thurston says Jonah was swallowed by a whale. The teacher was getting angry. Blue whales cannot swallow people. And the little girl said, well, when I get to heaven, I'll just ask Jonah if he was really swallowed by a whale. And the teacher is getting red by now and says, what if Jonah went to hell? And the little girl shrugged her shoulders and said, well, then you can ask him. <laughs> when I was in Manila in the Philippines, 
Uh, I'm going to leave with this illustration. We had a uh, Marine Hilo pilot. They called him Frenchy. His name was, I think, LeBlanc, maybe Major LeBlanc. And I'm, I'm not really sure of his name, but he went to a local church service in Manila in the Philippines. And uh, someone shared something that when they were there, and he didn't really get it. He said They, they said that one of the, the Filipino missionaries who was over, in, I think, in a Muslim country had gone home. And he was like, okay, okay. And then he realized after a little while that they were talking about either they had been martyred or died. It wasn't that they had returned back to the Philippines. is that they had gone home, meaning heaven. And he shared that with us. And you know, that was about 25 years ago. But that one or whoever was speak, who's spoken about in that church service, and it was a small church in Manila. Guess what? 25 years later, they're still home. They're still home, home with the Lord, with the streets of gold, plenty of food, plenty of blessings. Why? Because that if they were a Christian, they were blessed. They were a blessed person. And the best for a Christian, the best is yet to come. It's our destination, and that's something to shout about. Say, preacher, but what am I going to face down here? I don't know, even if I live to be 100, and I have some creaky knees, and I have to use a walking cane, I'm going to make it up to God in his house one day because we're a blessed person with our relationship to him. To be absent from the body, the Bible says, man, just like that, to be present with the Lord. Don't give that up. That's the best thing. That's better than sliced bread, and I like sliced bread. Amen. God bless you is our prayer. Um, someone said, I was, I, was, I was blessed with this special gift of hindsight. But now I realize it wasn't a special gift. I can see that now. God bless you is our prayer. Hindsight. Anyway, but God bless you is our prayer. We'll see you on Thursday. Amen. The blessed person. Let's, uh, Brother Spencer, would you dismiss us in prayer? God bless you is our prayer.